While we bring in those tithes and offerings, I'm going to read you uh, what was written on the tithing envelopes last week. If you remember, I asked whether you would mind either writing a prayer or a declaration of how good God is or something you're just thankful for. And I'm not going to say your name, so I'm not going to embarrass anybody, but um, some might be given away. But Thank you, Lord, for friends, family, and the Friday night project. That was a good one. Lord, I thank you for giving good friends. I thank God for my salary that I can bring it to you. Use it, Lord, to bring my uh, husband nearer to you. Touch others with your magnificent love. Thank you, Lord, for the Friday night project, for all my friends there and all the good fun times we have. God, thank you that you alone are my provider, not just of money, but of everything in life. All I have is yours, and I am thankful. May it overflow into your kingdom. And what I loved about that particular, I mean, they were all amazing, but what I loved about that particular is that this person isn't wanting just to, to, to gain stuff, but to be able to overflow it out beyond themselves. And that's the reason why she's thanking God for what he's given her so that she, uh, sorry, she, I was trying to be so uh, anonymous there, give it out and beyond herself. What can I offer the, uh, the Lord for all that he has done for me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and praise the Lord's name for saving me. Psalm 116 verses 12 to 13. Note that down and read it. Thank you, Father, for your continuous provision. Please multiply this offering, and I'm praying that now, uh, so that your kingdom comes and your will be done. Amen. Thank you, God, for waking everyone up and to come into your house and worship. Thanks, God. I offer less, but bless you more. I do less, but you make it great. Thanks, Lord. Immeasurably more, exceedingly abundantly, above and beyond, all we can ask, think, or imagine. Just thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your provision every day. You meet all my needs, financial and otherwise. Amen. Wonderful. Thank you for those guys that did write down those things. Wonderful stuff. Okay. Um, so this morning, um, I, I was going to cast the vision uh, again. Um, and we were going to basically uh, talk about that for a little while. And we're going to try and do that. We're going to try and do that over the next few weeks. So um, I'm not going to go into all the stuff this morning. Um, because what I want to do is just give a little bit of time and opportunity to consider what happened last week. Um, last week, for me, I was thinking about it on the way here. And it was, it was all, and you can disagree or, or, or agree with this kind of way of thinking. It's almost like we, we put our hands into the DNA, into the past of who we, who we are, where we've come from, what our foundations were. We reached into the future and we, we got hold of the kingdom. And we pulled those two things together. Because our DNA is to be a people of the Spirit. To be a people that are full of His Word. To be a people that exhibit, to show His, his fruit and His gifts. And that is our DNA. And we, for, the, for the first time in a long time, I felt we pulled that strand from that history, from our legacy, 
into the right now as we were pulling the future towards us. We time-traveled last week into the past and into the future. Maybe that's just me being a bit poetic, but that's kind of how I feel about it. Um, And I'd like to know, and this is an opportunity, if there was any theme uh, that came through any of one of you as you were walking through the tunnel of blessing. So let me give you an idea of what I mean by that. When I walked through three times, sorry, twice, no, 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 it was three times, I beg your pardon. Three times, somebody said, you are to be, and you are being like David. You are, you are, you are being, or you, you are to be like David. And then I, I went to a leaders gathering a few days ago, and the first word that was prophesied over me by Gareth Dufty, whom most of you know, who we regard as our apostolic grace amongst us, he said, you are a David. And so that confirmed that to me. So I thought, you know, I'm going to just remind myself what David did. What is his character? What is he like? And one thing that came out of my, kind of my, my brief, brief investigation, once again, of what David was like, was that when he was anointed to be king, he didn't become king straight away. He carried on working in the fields until the time was right. He carried on doing the stuff, getting himself ready, preparing himself until the time was right for him to step into that anointing. So I'm not suggesting I'm a king, although we are probably viewed like that in 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 terms of how God looks at us, but um, we are royalty. I'm asking God now, this is me, has that time in the field been? Have I done that? And now is the time for me to truly step into my calling? Or is there still a bit more for me to do? Is there still a bit more groundwork for me to kind of dig up and tunnel through. So for me, that was, quite, that was quite poignant. And so I'm wondering now whether there's anybody brave enough to stick their hand in the air and just share something about last week. Because it's good to give testimony. We've all agreed that. So let's encourage one another and not just leave last week as last week. I think somebody wisely said on a Facebook post to me was, you know, we now need to take that and use it. Use those moments of encounter and not leave them as a nice, fun memory that we had. So, I'm going to look around at the eye of Sauron and see if anybody's brave enough to give. Mr. Airy. I don't know if you remember last week, but um, (coughs) (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it's quite amazing, really, because I just, going through the um, the tunnel um, I was literally being pushed and pulled through the tunnel by the spirit um, I kept moving well, if anyone who saw me I was not in control of my own body you might say um, and the, the word that really came to me was, through, was simply acceleration and sometimes when we have experiences like last week and we encounter God and some things can be said that are very simple and uh, and I can kind of guess as to what the implication of that might be obviously there was a physical acceleration that I experienced literally physically being pulled and physically being pushed and my it's my responsibility now to like Mark really said is, is to ask okay what does that mean for me now what how does that, you know, what, what do I do with that word? And my prayer this morning is for myself and for 
all those who had the opportunity last week, it's, it's like a seed, really. Those moments are like seeds that have gone into us because you cannot not be affected by what God has done in that moment. And, and for me, a seed has gone in, and, and I'm, I'm, my prayer is that I can water that seed and, and see that grow and come to fruition, come to the fullness of it. It's a word. And, and also, I, the other part of it was I'm, I'm just so grateful for the people who were in that tunnel um, laying hands on me and, and praying and, and, and speaking words boldly and, and not being afraid of that because it really gave me the sense that we are a family together and that we, we need one another to, to, to get to the calling that God has, 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 um, has uh, prepared for us. And I'm, I feel just such a privilege and I'm publicly an opportunity now to say thank you to all those that did personally for me and my family as well. Um, because it, uh, coming along this week and each and every day, I just realized that we're all on a journey together. And um, even though God has a word for my journey, it's also the sense of being a part of your journey too. Um, and so that's really what I got from last week. So thank you, everybody. Wonderful. Monica. Well, the wonderful thing about this week is the presence of the Lord like last week because the Lord reminded me last week the best way to stay in the presence of the Lord is to not go out of it in the first place. Just stay there and uh, reminding me of that. And also after a time of great blessing, often if you notice in the Bible, there's a, a time of testing because people relax. Oh, things are okay. But that's the time to press in with more zeal for the Lord after a time of great blessing. In the Act of the Apostles, they had a wonderful time, the Lord moving, miracles, and immediately uh, a thing broke out against them. They were arrested. James was beheaded. Peter was put in prison. And when Jesus had that glorious ex experience with his father this is my beloved son immediately out into the wilderness probably so that he focused after a time of great blessings what the lord said to me be more zealous than ever don't don't put your head out of the armored tank that the enemy can pick you off <laughs> just keep keep in the presence of the lord fantastic thank you monica that was great i'm scanning i'm scanning oh here we go we've got a flood happening now it's, it's not really what was um, prayed for me because I only got as far as Paul and he sort of went <laughs> like that. <I> went, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but what, what amazed me about last week is the way that God does one thing which then has lots of effects. There's something about the way God deals with us which is, I don't know how to put it, very energy efficient. It sounds a bit <laughs> strange, right? I, I, there, there's something about the way God works when one thing happens and it has all these amazing ripples and, and you see what's happening all over the place, which should encourage us when we step out into what God wants us to do. He multiplies the effect of when we step out in obedience. And I was just looking at, uh, I was just thinking about last week, actually on the day, and 
after we came from down here and went up there to have coffee, there was this lovely huggy feeling. I called it a huggy buzz, didn't I, Mark? It, it was, you know, everybody was, oh, yes, what happened to you? And, and we weren't afraid to hug and, and sort of um, be really close to it. Did, did anybody else get that? There was this really nice, warm feeling. Yes, yes, yes. And um, at the same time, there were people who were being prayed for, so they felt really blessed because of what God had said to them and because they knew that we're all in this together, um, um, as has already been said, that they were loved and cared for. But also, as we were praying for other people, gosh, God can use me. Um, you know, sometimes you sort of think, I'm praying, you think, oh, really? Is this... Really, perhaps it's me, you know. And then this comes back, no, no, this is real. This is fantastic. This is God speaking through us and putting his word into people and blessing people, not because of who we are, not because of any strength or um, uh, righteousness or amazing people that we are in ourselves, but because God is amazing. And he's just uh, so powerful and mighty and holy and glorious. And he chooses to use us. Isn't that amazing that we can do this? And so I was looking at all this and I think, isn't, isn't God wonderful? Isn't he amazing? And then I have to say that all that got mixed in with the fact that this week I picked up the um, book Grace Outpouring. And I've started reading it. And God has challenged me through that book and echoed again this thing about it's not who we are it's who God is and if we will just step out and do the small thing that he tells us to do he will do amazing things and um, I've been really blessed by it I've really felt God challenge me on a number of things in that book so I would recommend it if you haven't read it yet and just see what you think about it see if God speaks to you through it but um, yeah I'm just Amazed and excited because it's the start of something new, isn't it? It's brilliant. Now, here's the thing. I wasn't here. I was working last Sunday morning and I wasn't in the meeting. And Pete came home and he was trying to describe what was going on. And I was just like, he said, it's no use. You had to be there. You know, words, words, that didn't help really. Words were not really enough. Anyway, so... On Wednesday, um, in our life group, we were talking about it at the end of the meeting, and um, my brothers and sisters who were there said, right, well, we're going to pray for you because, you, you know, there's no reason for you to miss out. So they formed a tunnel, and I got prayed for and spoken over, and I was, I was so blessed. And then um, Pete went to take somebody home after that, and I was alone in the house. And, you know, there was such a weight of glory, a presence of God in the house see it's just what sarah said it's not us it's god it's who he is and it's just us allowing him to do his thing or things anyway so i, I it was there was such a weight of presence i was just like on the floor kneeling for a long time afterwards until pete came home probably it was three quarters of an hour an hour and it just stayed in the house and then the next evening we had a group of friends over, uh, Christian friends, but not uh, of this fellowship. And um, I saw somebody there that I hadn't seen for quite a long time. She's been very sick. And we went through the meeting of what we were meeting. It was a committee, and we did all the stuff and everything. We got to the end, and she happened to be there at the end. And uh, she said, I really wanted to come and see you. We wanted to be with you. 
And um, as we sort of started to talk and to pray, there it was again, the weight of the presence of God. And I could physically feel it in my body. You know, I started to shake and to tremble, which is not something that happens typically to me when God moves. But there it was again, or there he was again, turning up to do his thing. So I just want to encourage us to, you know, like um, God said to Abraham, you've been blessed to be a blessing. Um, Pete's been talking to me a lot this week about the flow of God. You know, there's a flow in money. It has to come in and it has to go out. There's a flow in gifting and abilities and experience. It comes in and it has to go out in order to achieve that which, which God's purposed it to. So if you've been touched by God, if God has spoken to you, if God's healed you, there's a flow of something into you from God that he wants to flow out from you and flow out from me. So I just want to encourage everybody to remember specifically what it was that God said or did for them or affirmed in them last weekend and to look actively for ways to flow that out from in you beyond to other people. Well, obviously, I mean, well, for me anyway, last week was amazing. And um, I think uh, there's two, there two things. There was walking through the tunnel, but there was also the praying at the beginning because I was one of the first ones to pray. And, and um, I obviously have prayed for people in the past. I've not actually prayed in that type of situation before. And in fact, um, on the, I think the two occasions where I've been in a meeting where they decided to have what they called a fire tunnel, I've actually found it horrendous. I've not enjoyed it at all because I don't enjoy, I, I, I don't want to stop God doing what he's doing, but it does something to me when the atmosphere gets a bit hyped up. I can get quite, I can actually back off from it emotionally a long way. I want to be in it, but something pulls me back. So it's actually a very difficult situation for me to be in normally. Um, but I think God put me in the right place last week because I'm usually better at doing something if I don't want to do that. If I can give out it it, it, it um, overcomes something in me and so I, I just started to pray and it just felt like I, I would say business as usual I can pray for people <laughs> and I think oh you know am I hearing from God am I not and then Ben came down and just um, I suppose it did an impartation of more <laughs> that's the way I would describe it and about 30 seconds later I felt very different something was changing it was like a uh, I suppose power, and I'm a bit like um, uh, Pat, I don't, um, you know, I've been in a line of like 50 people where everybody has fallen down, and I am the only one standing at the end of it, and I'm like, <laughs> feeling a bit sort of, everybody's looking at me, but that just doesn't happen to me particularly, and I've come to a place where generally I'm okay with that, and I, I've just worked at that you trust God because God's God and you don't trust him because he's doing amazing things every single day to prove himself to you. So it's just taking it on what does the Bible say, that's what it is. Um, anyway, so standing there and then suddenly feeling different. I thought, okay, I've not experienced that before. And I started to pray and the, the feeling got more and more intense and um, I was starting to feel that as I would put my hand on somebody, it was almost like... Um, you're having an emotional link with the person and picking up something. Now, I'm not saying what I was picking up was always right. So if I personally prayed for something for you last week and you think, actually, Claire, you were way off mark on that one, I'm sorry. But um, it was just I was praying out of what it felt like 
was happening. You know, it was like an, uh, it was literally like I was getting the, um, an emotional download, I suppose, which I've never had before. And as I took, came away from that person, put my hand on the next one, it would be completely different. It wasn't like it was the same one all the way through. So that in itself was just an amazing experience for me because I've not, I, I've never had that. I've had it in tiny, tiny bits, but not consistently going through that time. And then at the end, um, we, we all went up. Those hadn't been prayed for. And uh, the message that I got um, was, was consistent with four people. Was um, It's the end of what you've been going through. It's finished. Um, and uh, you're, in, you're stepping into something very new now. That was four times I got that. It's a very easy thing to say to somebody, but it was four times. But it also, um, somebody from the church had rung me a week earlier and said pretty much the same thing to me. And at the time, it was like, oh, I'd love that, but... You know, one person saying something like that when you've been going through stuff is, you feel like, oh, I'll just grab that word because it's a nice word. So I said, Lord, would you just, I need that confirmed. And it was four times. There were other things that were prayed as well, but that was four times, four messages of, you've, that is the end. And um, I just heard that, you know, um, I, I now have to take hold of that. That's my responsibility. I don't think it's just, I think actually I'm going to be bombarded by what has been, what has been cut off as if it's real today. I'm going to, I'm, I think that's, you know, I'm going, to, I'm going to experience stuff and think, oh, it's still here. But I'm going to take on faith that if five people to me have said to me within seven days, something's finished and you're starting something new, that God is actually speaking to me. Wonderful. Thank you, Claire. Praise God. I was so blessed. And as I looked at, at you know, the line... I thought, wow, God's going to give me something, you know, he's going to do something. And it was so wonderful, the love, the caring, you know, and it was giving and receiving for me, you know, it was giving and receiving. And what was, I was so encouraged that the Lord spoke to me about um, hearing his voice. Two things that really stuck out to me was listening to his voice and knowing his voice. And also I was building, you know, he's teaching me how to do things his way and you know, he's teaching me. And throughout the week, um, a friend um, asked me to come and join him for some prayer, for some things. And as I noticed that the, all, all my friends were a little bit of headaches and down and things, and I just said, right, let's stand up. Uh, let's make a line. <laughs> and then we prayed, and the Holy Spirit just really ministered to us as we, you know, he just ministered to us, and it was like, Oh, my head's clear. Things, things have changed. And I walked away thinking, wow, I was an eyewitness of the presence of God. And I think what that's last week did to me is sort of drop something in my spirit and in my heart that he wants us to do this again and again. You know, he, he we're all ministers of the Lord, but he wants to continue this amongst us, you know. And I was so blessed that we, wherever we go, we can also do the same. I was inspired. God bless. Amen. Hallelujah. I just believe God said we've got to open our hearts this morning because God's got something important to say to us. And I've sat there for a little while and it's churning away, but I just believe God wants us to, to listen to this. Thank you, Jesus. Last week, I believe as one, a few of us that have been praying over the last year, whatever, we were praying for God to move. Okay. Um, we've been praying and believing that God was going to move in this place. He was going to touch our hearts. And he was going to change some things that needed to be changed. And 
I don't know about you, but I just know that God's timing is perfect. Why does God do it at the beginning of a new year? God could do it any time. We know that, can't we? But God's chosen to do it at the beginning of the year because he knows that we're ready. God says to us, last week was not a one-off. It's not a one-off. If you went came here last week, which I didn't, God blessed me. You know, he challenged me. One of the things he challenged me was from a musical point of view. God says to me, I've got to improve. I've got to get better. Not stay as I was in a little comfort zone, which as a musician, I know what I can do, what I can't do. God says I've got to step out of that and move into new things, to be challenged, to start and do things which I'm not comfortable with. And for me, that is a challenge because... Um, as a musician, I'm not, I don't read music. I don't even understand dots on a piece of paper. I am a clue. If anybody said to me, what's that? I'd probably look at it 10 minutes and think, oh, right, it's a G or it's an F or it's a C or whatever. So, you know, you can imagine me thinking, right, God, I've got to improve. There's only one way to do that, and that is to step out in faith and believe and do it. And God, I believe God's saying to us this morning that he wants us to step out in faith about what happened last week. Do the things that God's told us to do. If God ministered to you last week, if he spoke to you about something, talking to your neighbours, go do it. God's not going to tell us to do something and not help us. Not open that door for us. So, you know, God says this morning, just don't leave it till last week. This morning's been awesome. But I challenge you to come back. In fact, tomorrow morning when you get up for work or you get up to get the children ready or you get up to go to university, whatever you do, don't think, oh, it's Monday morning. You know, what am I going to do? Just believe what, what God's told you to do and do it. You know, I, because of this, the school where I work in, the, um, the primary school, um, most of the parents, after they've dropped the children off at quarter to nine, They'll, they'll stand and talk for half an hour in the playground. And I'm thinking, yeah, why can't we do that? I mean, I can't do it because obviously I'm working. Um, I do talk to people, but, you know, but why can't we, we do that? Why can't we talk to people just out of the normal? Why do we have to, you know, get all stressed about it, thinking, well, I want to talk to that person, but I don't know. Why do we just do it? Yeah. So God's going to challenge us this morning, and I believe he wants us to be ready for what he's doing. Last week is a one-off, some people might think, but it's not for us because it's the start of a new time for us here. So every week we come, I, I ask uh, that none of us will give up. In fact, I think we ought to just say after me, I will not give up. Can I hear you say that? That's not loud enough. God wants to hear a bigger shout because I know that well, as you say that, and I'm going to register everybody's name in my mind, I know God says, Brian, these guys have all said they're not going to give up. So can I have a louder one? Right. So God knows now that you said you will not give up. So God's going to challenge you. I'm going to challenge you. I expect you to challenge me as well. Okay. But don't give up. That's keep it moving because this is what God's waited for. Amen. Amen. I'm just curious, what's he going to do if he knows you haven't said it? Because he knows your name. What are you going to do, Brian? Um, 
One thing, one thing for you, Brian, and for all of us, but for you, there's a, a phrase that uh, I read yesterday, which was, um, Jesus came to win people, not arguments. Came to win people, not arguments. We cannot advance the kingdom through intellectual conversation. It's about relationship. It's about getting to know people. And it's about being committed long-term and not what this culture generates, which is a quick fix. So we're here to win people, not arguments. I'm not suggesting you're arguing. I'm just want to generate that kind of relationship thing. And also, uh, Claire, I pray much more impartation of the Spirit on you. Uh, that, that he's just in you. He's around you. And that you cannot help but do the things that he wants you to do. So I pray for an impartation more and more so it, it overflows from you to others. And that, that sensation that you felt, that is just you imparting more of him to other people. So I pray that for you right now. don't know. Maybe you might fall down. Hallelujah. Um, I feel that God is, is wanting us to have an understanding consciously of what he's doing in our midst. And something that's been on my heart that God has reawakened from years ago uh, is in a scripture in Psalm 132. God is wanting his presence to become more manifest amongst us. And he wants us to work with this so that when we come on a Sunday, we have an expectation of faith. We have an expectation that God wants to fill what we offer him. And this is the scripture, the second half of this psalm. It says, for the Lord has chosen Zion. That is us, his people. I'm not going into theological debate about Jerusalem and the rest of it. But there is a prophetic fulfillment. God has chosen those who will believe in him. He has desired it for his dwelling place. He wants to live amongst us. This is my resting place forever. Here I will dwell, for I have desired it. I will abundantly bless her provision. Come on. I will satisfy her poor with bread. I will also clothe her priests with salvation. And her, her saints shall shout aloud for joy. When was the last time you shouted for joy? The wonder. God wants us to do that. He wants us to break open things by the shout of joy. There I will make the horn of David grow. It's talking about the strength of the house of David, the house of the Lord. He wants us to grow stronger and stronger. He wants the kingdom to advance. I will prepare a lamp for my anointed. We're not to be those that fumble around in darkness. He wants light scattered like seed for the righteous. That we're not in a fumbling darkness. Our enemies he will clothe with shame. But upon himself, upon his people, his crown shall flourish. And there's a verse in John's gospel. And I didn't look in the concordance. and I couldn't find it. But um, it says that something, something, something. I and the Father will come and build our home with you. Now, there was a condition attached to it. But that is what God is absolutely longing for, that he builds his home with us. If you've got somebody living in your home, you notice it. The trail of mess or whatever. 
you notice. Well, Jesus wants to be noticed in our homes and in our lives. He wants us to recognize, actually, he's taking up a place in our lives. And he has a voice. He has things to say. He has things to share with us. And it is his presence. He's coming to dwell and he's restoring something. And this journey we're on is about the restoring of the presence of God in our midst. That he can work with us and we can work with him. And it's a glorious thing. It's wonderful. And just hearing the testimonies of people, how God has touched them, it's increase. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm just wondering here something. No, wasn't it? I thought I had that very John verse written down, but I didn't. Anyway, John 14, is it? John 14, verses 23. Okay. Read that in your own time. Now, what was I going to do? Okay. Um, we had our teas and coffees at the beginning, like I said, so um, we're not going to be having them at the end. So if it looks like we're going on a little bit later, we're not. We're doing, at this point, we were normally having teas and coffees, so keep your concentration on me. Um, I'm going to just stop there. I want to just... <laughs> I'm desperate to get started on this. Um, so, no, no, no. No, it's, it's fine. I wasn't... I want us just to repeat this vision statement after me. And Brian's watching for anybody who doesn't say it. Okay? So, um, <laughs> repeat this vision statement after me. We are to be kingdom builders, not empire builders. Okay, you know I want you to say it again, don't you? Yes. No, I just want you to repeat that, that one line, then I'm going to read it through. I just want you to repeat that one line, because what I want us to do is to really get it in here, and in here, that that is our vision for 2012 and beyond. So that come this Christmas, nobody's going to say to me, it's been a wonderful year, but I've never been entirely sure what our vision was. So um, that's what I want you to repeat it. So just once again, and accentuate it and do it a little bit louder, we are to be kingdom builders, not empire builders. We are to be kingdom builders not empire builders. And it goes on to say, and it's written actually on every sheet that's on the table as you come in. It's been there for the last two weeks. We will do this by sharpening our spiritual edge. You don't have to repeat after me. Listening to and acting on the prophetic. And there's, there's something to really pull out of that. Listening to, but then acting on. God gave me a vision, uh, a picture on our last uh, kind of leadership forum uh, where a number of us got together here. And it was a picture of a spring that was pushed down. And there was so much potential energy just waiting to be released. That spring represents us. And it's been weighed down by teaching, by preaching, by prayer, by blessing, by fruits of the Spirit, by gifts of the Spirit. We know all the stuff. We've heard messages time and time again. And that's, that's pushed that spring down. It's, it's, it's created such a potential in each and every one of us that we're just going <laughs> to... And we're going to explode. And those things that are, have been weighing it down in a good way are just going to be flying everywhere. Word, vision, scripture, prayer, blessing... We're just going to explode into the city of Leeds giving out those things. And 
the mature message that I've been hearing from every single person that's been speaking this morning is that we know it wasn't just for them, but we've got to move forward and take personal responsibility for what was said and see what God wants us to do with it. That's such a wonderfully wise thing to, to, to say and to, to hear. So we've got this potential. It's being released. And each and every one of us now can move forward into whatever community that we, we find ourselves a part of outside of this family of believers here. Uh, and we'll move on kind of the next couple of weeks about what that means geographically. Um, so I'm just going to leave it there. I'm just going to leave it there. Just that vision statement. Because time is, is going, and I want to be able to, if God allows, over the next two weeks, I'm going to be end up giving this full vision statement preach in October or something at this rate. But that's good. That's fine. I don't mind that. Um, we have to be kingdom builders, not empire builders. We will do this by sharpening our spiritual heads, listening to and acting on the prophetic. We wish to be so led by the Spirit that we find ourselves out there at the frontier of what God is doing, pioneering and clearing the way so that others may follow. This vision and the vision statement is not just something that's come as a good idea off the top of our heads, but it's something that has come from praying together, listening to the Spirit together. And so the latter half of last year, when we were getting together every Monday and praying and listening, seeking God's face, he gave us, he gave us various words and, and what have you. And this is what's come out of that. Um, I'm going to just read you something that is posted on the Internet. It is on our website. Um, but it's the prophetic evening that we had with Pete Topless and Ian and Anne Llewellyn Nash uh, at the end of October. And uh, I just want to, I did this the other day at the Leaders Forum, but I think it'd be worth just reading out these prophetic words that are from God so we know we've got some basis. Okay, so I'm just going to read them. Okay. From heaven's perspective, it's a done deal. When he looks upon City Church Leeds, he sees you at the end of the process, at the end of the journey. He sees you in a new building. He sees you in new pastures. He sees the increase in numbers. He sees the work that you're doing because that's the God he is. We have to set the prisoners free. We know we are called and we are commissioned. And that's a significant word for Leeds, to set prisoners free. And remember, we had the keys and we've been pulling these keys out every so often that we were given. These keys given to us as a reminder that we are to set the prisoners free. We are also to close some doors with them as well. We're also going to be willing to give stuff up that is no longer on the, tr- on the, on the path of where we're going. We need to give them to somebody else or, or just close the door completely. But to set the prisoners free. Let me read you some more. These are from various different people. You will walk into places that you may not yet have walked and into things that you may not yet have seen. And your heart needs to be broken so you can get a depth of what Christ's understanding so that he was able to set the captives free. And God said that nothing that he has led us through as people, nothing in our history as people, nothing in this building, nothing that we've put our hand to, nothing has been wasted. It's not just about us here. 
We all need to understand and embrace the fact that it is bigger than us. And we must make space because God wants to add men and women. And he is already preparing people to come. He's already preparing people to come. To be a part of our family here. Wow. There's people out there right now. Their their hearts and their minds are being changed. And we're going to see them. And we're going to receive them as brothers and sisters. That's brilliant. There's a place for everyone to fit. So the body is built up and joined together in unity. There is a place where we are to journey to where the next well is. How do we take the settlement with us? We need to pick up the people who are around us geographically. The beauty about a settlement is that it is a constant expansion. A settlement isn't defined by its size or location. It's defined by who it is and where they want to plant themselves. We are a settlement in itself as a church when we congregate here, but also when we go back to our homes. And there's the, the slight shift in emphasis that we're going for. And again, I'll go deeper into that over the next few weeks. But that's that shift of emphasis from just this meeting but beyond that and into our homes and where we live. Also, you want to deposit a treasure in Leeds. What is it that you want to deposit? Some of you want to deposit justice. You want to look after the widow, the orphan, the refugee. You want to change policy in the education system, in the hospital. You want to change and deposit a treasure. What treasure? And then this here. It's a part where Esther goes to the king. We were talking about the book of Esther. And she hasn't been summoned, uh, and she has this feeling of, if I perish, I perish. She takes a risk to get results. And this is the word, I feel, ri- I, I feel for the leadership. So she was talking to kind of those that are kind of serving as part of the leadership here for this sentence. At some point in the process, there is going to be a time where you're going to have to take a risk. And I get the feeling it's going to be an administrative type risk that go against all logic and all sensibility, but it's going to be the right thing. There will be a lot of people outside the church, i.e. this family of believers, who will advise you against taking this particular risk and also inside the church, inside this particular family of believers. And this is something to be aware of. But take the risk take heart from the story of Esther, that she took the massive risk and risked her life. We need to understand the church in this country is not like this by and large in terms of planning and the way forward. Most of the church doesn't do it like this. And Pete there was referring to the way that we've been gathering together and praying and laying foundation and asking God for the future. Most, according to Pete, congregations won't get together to do that. There'll be quite humanistic administration and quite humanistic kind of plans and what sounds good and where can we go next and what's the model and what's the next trendy thing to do. We haven't been doing that. We've been asking God, where do we go? What do you want us to do? To pray a blessing, uh, so he says that they pray a blessing occasionally in what they've decided. So I feel very privileged to be a part of a group of people that are seeking the face of God for their future and for the future of the city. And not wanting to decide something and ask God to bless it, but to take the trouble to persevere until we've actually got the mind of God that we can work with. And let me read you this rather lengthy bit. I saw the church community is the, co- is the corral. Uh, he was talking about 
as, uh, he had a picture of us being, you know, the okay corral, kind of a western. Um, and that people are equipped and nurtured, and the gifting that God has already placed in people is called out because we've seen it. I believe for City Church Leeds, it is the time now to begin to call out these giftings in people, to pray for them and let them loosen them, but understand that they're working these gifts might not be here. And I'll go ahead and expand that on a Sunday morning. To be released into wherever you need to be released into with the gifts that we need to loosen within you to be where you need to be, not just here on a Sunday morning. He goes on to say, I read Mark's dream about the shed and the instruments and the sports equipment that had been stored in it and wrapped in cling film so it wouldn't get rusty, but it would never get used. I feel that there is a task now not to just call out new things, but for folk who have been sidelined or feel they're of no longer of any use. The phrase, it's up to the young ones now, is a load of rubbish. Caleb was 85 years old against the Giants. Sandra Dufty prophesied in January 2001. It was a vision of people in an expanse of water at the point of drowning, crying out to be rescued. And along came this rescue ship, which was huge. All the necessary medical facilities were on board this ship. It had everything. It let these nets down the side, climbing nets, but very few people could make it into the ship because it was too big. The access was too difficult for them to get into. Only a few made it. The vision then changed so that instead of, their, instead of the, just the boat, there were lots of small rowing boats, sized vessels, which didn't have many facilities at all, yet people found it very easy in terms of access to be rescued. And so far more, uh, so more were rescued from that situation than with the big fully equipped ship. I feel that whatever future building you have, it's not going to be an edifice. It's going to be a service center where there will be a flow but it will look very different to what has been in the past. It will be places of easy access for people into the kingdom. It parallels the whole idea and concept of settlement. I also know that Adam from Coventry had a dream about a warehouse, a warehouse. I wonder how many people get a warehouse and convert it into a church building, or how many would want it to be used as a house where there are certain wares to be had, enjoyed, and used. I personally take that beyond itself as well, and, and that um, those mid-sized ships, those little boats, there are our life groups. There are deployed church in areas, and that this is too hard for some people. That a, a big corporate gathering is too hard for new believers or non-believers. And although it's got all the equipment that we need to help you, the people that are going to get alongside you. For some people, it's too difficult to climb on board. And that's where our life groups are going to be so important in 2012 and beyond. They will be our deployed church. I'll go more into that over the, over the next few weeks. But that's a challenge for us, that we have to generate and create in geographical places these life groups. And then just the last thing here. There will come a time where we must declare to the enemy that these are the king's keys. Nobody can rob you of vision of what has been said tonight, of the prophetic word that has been spoken tonight, and you're going to have to speak it out. These are the king's keys. 
we've heard from God, we've listened to God, and we will continue to listen and to hear from God as we move into 2012. But God is doing something wonderful amongst us. The Spirit is being released amongst us, and I pray for more of that, more of that. And the key to that is blessing. The key to that is blessing one another. And the key before that, if you've read the grace outpouring in particular, is to ask to be forgiven for anything that you've done wrong before you pour out that blessing. Because if you're going to bless others, you need to bless them from a pure heart. And that's the key. That's one of those keys. It's to bless people. And again, not just to bless people here, but to bless people where we live, to bless people where we work, to bless people where we study. In any situation... And to come back to that statement I made to Brian, the, Jesus came not to win arguments, but to win people. And that's what we're after.